You are listening to KBOO Portland. We apologize for the technical interruption of more of uh, Democracy Now! The show will be repeated in its entirety at 4 o'clock. Now it's time for more talk radio. Good morning, and you are listening to More Talk Radio on your community radio station, KBOO-FM. Today is Monday, the 30th of October, 2023. I am Cecil Prescott, and the voice you heard just before my voice was our engineer, Ray, and not the voice of Vincent Price. You know, Vincent Price, you know how um, the introduction to Michael Jackson Thriller, uh, he does this rap at the beginning of Thriller. And so we are having some, some difficulties this morning, but we'll continue to work things out and figure things out because, hey, it is Halloween. It is Halloween, and and things go weird and strange. But I am so grateful that all of you are able to join us this morning. And let me give you our phone numbers for you to give us a call in a few minutes. Our phone numbers are 503-231-8187. And thank you all for joining us this morning. And I am so grateful that you have taken the time to start your week with KBOO. Again, I am Cecil Prescott. I will be your host this morning, and there is so much that is happening in our community, in our country, in our world. I think it's time for, if if it was all possible, and if I had the the authority for the for the whole creation just to take a pause, to take a breath. Um, there is so much that is confusing and upsetting and we are living uh, in times that are difficult for, for many of us. So continue to take care of those around you and continue to be the best neighbor, friend, relative, lover you you can be. Because I think it takes all of us to uh, transform our world and where we are. I mentioned um, somewhat jokingly that this is the season of Halloween and as we um, wrestle with technological uh, problems this morning is a reminder that we aren't exactly in control of, of everything as much as we would like to be. But there are things that are going on, and I would be appreciative for your comments and, and your reflections. Um, just before I came on the air, a news flash came up on my mobile device and it looks like um, the United Auto Workers have um, tentative contracts with all three auto uh, companies. So that is significant. Uh, it looks as if the six-week um, strikes of the United Auto Workers or the three major car manufacturers uh, might be coming towards an end uh, and a conclusion that hopefully is satisfactory to the workers. Uh, but you might have some thoughts about that in terms of, of labor. We are in the midst of lots of labor activities and strikes, both locally and indeed nationally. Um, 
hospital workers here in Portland, the Portland uh, School District. Um, teachers are have voted to go on strike uh, in a couple of days, and that is going to uh, make a lot of families uh, create a lot of problems for families and schools and teachers and hopefully the uh, Portland School Board will do its best to negotiate an, uh, an agreement that is satisfactory with the Portland Teachers Union. We'll see. Perhaps you have some thoughts about that. Um, we mentioned recently in terms of the reformation of Portland City Council and the fact that there is an expansion of city council in terms of membership. There will now be districts. Four districts, three um, representatives of each district, and, Pete, and the elections will take place next year. Well, already um, people are fouling for the um, potential 12 seats in the, in the new city council of Portland. And uh, already, um, the last I look, 27 people have filed. <laughs> Are you running for election? Um, and it is going to be an interesting season. Not only will it um, have, will we have the possibility of expanding in terms of experience and perspectives, um, the people who sit on, on city council, but we'll have a range of voices, and we'll see what will happen. Um, the city council is expanding, and many people are running. Are you considering running? What are you looking for um, in a representative, uh, a city council representative? Now, again, this is something that will, is new for Portland, district representation, and you will have three uh, council persons from your district and it is also uh, the the form of voting changes rank um, rank voting so lots of things are changing so perhaps you have some reflection on city council perhaps you might be one of the uh, it looks like quite a uh, collection of people running for city council which I think is probably best for, for all. And finally, just settling down in terms of uh, election, um, there, there are rumors that um, a congressperson from um, Oregon, um, Earl Blumenau, might retire. He says that every election cycle he sits with his family and, and friends and advisors and, and think about it. And, uh, you know, at the age uh, 75, I believe, um, Mr. Blumenauer is, he's considering whether it's time to retire, whether he wants to. Um, he's a Democrat, and the Democrats are in a minority in the U.S. House of Representatives, and whether or not uh, he will remain in a really safe district and if he doesn't um, who might run already there are people um, jumping at the bit to become a uh, become the next representative of the third district um, in Oregon um, including uh, uh, current and former Multnomah County commissioners so that might be something to think about and to plan about. So those are just some of the issues that are at the top of my agenda. Um, it is Halloween and things are scary, so that's why things are kind of weird this morning um, at the radio station. But um, maybe because of Halloween and the full moon, maybe things are changing um, with with labor and and. and Things are happening. We are in the midst. We have been in the midst for for several weeks, several months in terms of increased um, activism of, of workers. And so we, we've seen a rise in, in strikes and protests 
um, in in all types of industries. And as I mentioned, it appears that there might be a settlement of the three major auto uh, manufacturers and United Autos workers. And if that happens, that might be significant. There are labor issues in in many fields, and perhaps you have some thoughts about the increased labor activity. Are you considering running for office? Uh, what are things you are looking for in a candidate? Perhaps you might have some thoughts about that, um, whether city council or U.S. Congress. You might have some thoughts about that. And finally, and I would like your thoughts about, uh, and this is a reflection of an article I looked at briefly in the Atlantic Monthly, uh, uh, which from David Brooks, who's a who's a public intellectual, um, tend to be traditionally more more conservative. Um, in his article, he he is titled, uh, let me get it correctly, um, the title. How America Got Mean. Now, we've all noticed in terms of the political rhetoric in our country, uh, the volume has, has gotten a lot louder. But it's not only people are speaking louder. We're meaner. We're unable to have civil conversations. There is so much... Um, that has disrupted our society that is manifest manifested in simple ways by just the way we interact, how we speak with one another, and then manifests itself in acts of violence in too many communities, in too many ways. Too often we see how um, an argument or car rage... Um, erupts into something worse. And so too often, too many people are wondering, how did we get so mean and what happened to our society? Well, what are your thoughts in, in terms of that? There seems to be, and David Brooks um, suggests, there is a lack of moral education. I've seen articles recently in terms of observing the fact that there was at a time in public schools that they had lessons in civics. That is something that is has faded. So morally formative institutions no longer have the same important role in our society. And, and there's probably good reasons for that. So institutions, you know, religious institutions, um, civic institutions such as the YMCA, um, uh, organizations for for children um, such as Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, um, all of these are institutions um, that have traditionally um, were places where moral, morally formative education could take place. Now, of course, a lot of these institutions we know have failed in their ability um, so that uh, we are well aware of the, um, the corruptions um, that has impacted um, institutions such as the Boy Scouts, uh, the abuse of children. Um, we are well aware of the uh, failure of religious institutions, um, oppression, um, and abuse of children. Uh, so it is clearly, I understand why um, those institutions which we had trusted uh, or believed were able to help give uh, moral foundation or allow us to to think of ways in which we can create society um, that 
um, that is enriching, that doesn't happen too much. So what are those morally formative institutions that we should rely on? Uh, as I mentioned, those uh, um, in which children in the Portland public schools uh, district of wrestling um, this week about what we're going to do with our children if if teachers go on on strikes, and uh, what are those things which will allow us not only to to be nice, but to create a society which is a, a society which aff- affirms and and support. Um, our children and our society, how do we become less mean? How do we live into a um, civil society? Our numbers here are 503-231-8187. And, oh, I'm sorry, there's too many things. I couldn't see Ray. Ray, yes. Okay. Good morning, April. How are you? Hi, I'm pretty good. I've been listening to your topic this morning, and it's very interesting. There's um, a couple of comments. What I'm looking forward to most with the new form of our government is um, actually being able to vote for people who aren't career politicians. Um, Because I've always voted for um, not what people say they will do, but like actually maybe looking at not their jobs, but like have they served on boards, have they done volunteer work, Mm. stuff like that. And that doesn't seem to be the way that a lot of people vote. So I'm actually thinking that maybe getting some new um, blood in and actually some new ideas will be great. How... That would be great. Um, And... and it's exciting to see that you are excited about the possibility of new, of new people. Um, yes. And and looking beyond career politicians, so what characteristics are you looking at um, for people? What skills or perspectives? Well, for instance, even when I look in the voters pamphlet, which you know isn't where I get the bulk of my information anymore, mm-hmm. um, I I will put a lot more weight on like if instead of just the jobs they've had or the governmental experience they've had they also list like say that they were on you know a neighborhood board or they volunteered to tutor kids in reading and and stuff like that and in the voters pamphlet especially I always look at I never even read the ones that look like they're written by other people. I mean, the person isn't even bothering to write to us. Right. So what kind of a politician will they be? I mean, are they not going to listen to us? Their office is going to be talking like that the whole time. So I will, you know, also be looking for, um, like, if I go to town halls, like how equitably they call on people. Maybe if they have a stack, which is like a lot more democratic as far as listening to everybody, mm-hmm. if they're willing to discuss ideas that they don't like. Oh, yeah. You know, some of the things that I think are good about Capo, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you, April, for being uh, so committed. Um, and, yeah. and searching, and I, I hope, you know, you considered, you talk to your friends, people in your community, um, to, to, to encourage um, different voices and with different skills and different perspectives. So, yeah, I have talked to people a lot about what I'm, you know, hoping for, like why I think it's a good idea, because I've actually um, found that a lot of people don't think it's a good idea. Mm. And that just kind of blew me away. But, you know, I mean, I can understand. They might just think it's more administrative red tape, which, you know. But I think it's important to listen to everyone, too. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, April. Um, Continue to um, talk to people in your community and encourage people that uh, community involvement um, depends on, on all of us working together. 
Thank you so much. I will. And I had one more thing oh, that yes, you please. talked about, too. As far as why we've gotten so mean mm-hmm. <laughs> as a society, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that it probably needs to be not just our education, because, yes, like I really like civics, and they don't have it, and they don't have personal finances. They don't have a lot of things right. anymore. But I think we need to stop thinking about that it's all education, and an awful lot of it, I think, is the amount of time that people are spending on not only computers and social media, but their Mm -hmm. cell phones. Mm -hmm. And I remember back when the computer first became a big thing, like, well, to all of us, like in the 90s, maybe? Yes. There were a lot of studies saying that people, uh, you know, got more isolated on the computer and it actually led to them being more short-tempered, like right after they got off the computer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as everybody started using smartphones and all that, no one talks about those studies anymore. So I think that, you know, we really need to look at maybe what the Internet is and that it can be a tool, but maybe the amount of, you know, look at the amount of time we spend on it and look at the types of things we do on it and look at regulating, you know, especially for kids, Yeah. you know, what they can and can't do. And I think that will go a long way. And I got to thinking when you said um, the teacher strike would probably cause a lot of issues for a lot of families, and that's probably true. But we could also look at it as an opportunity for families to actually socialize their kids and start working to break down that meanness. We hope so. Hey, April. Thank you so much for what you had to share with us this morning. And I appreciate your commitment to creating a better society for us all. Okay. I look forward to the rest of your show. Thank you so much. Thank you, April. Have a great day. You you as well. You're listening to your community radio station, KBOO-FM. This is More Talk Radio. I am Cecil. And we will next speak with Santiago. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, I was you're talking about like what things we could be doing to, uh, you know, make the society better and improve it. You know, the one thing that really stands out to me, and it's really not anyone's fault in particular, but like the actual analysis of like, you know, our of our current circumstances or you know the material conditions, as they say. <clears throat> you know, we want. We we're so America is such an ideologically driven society, and it's not just America. It's anybody who would fall under what would be deemed the Western imperial bloc, where we kind of have this idea that like everything is everything is just the way it is, and if it's not working, it's because you're not doing enough, or if the system really isn't working, they say, well, you know, it's just a hiccup. It's going to correct itself, but you know, we. But in that correcting, you know, they call, they have something called um, externalities in capitalism where it's like just unintended consequences. And Mm. we just don't, we don't have, because capitalism lends itself to such an ideological driven way of thinking that we just, we, we we're, we're committing a lot of harm without like being skeptical of what's being told to us. Now, on the other hand, You know, like we, you know, we don't have enough, uh, you know, we, we just, excuse me, sorry, choked on a piece of toast. Uh, You know, they, uh, so, I mean, on the flip side of that, you have like, you know, you have communists and socialists who say we need to, uh, we need to analyze our material conditions and how things work and what science has told us is what, you know, Mar- if science has developed over time, is the same thing Marx was saying, but not necessarily on a biological level, that everything is from the ground up. Yes. You know, right now we're in a, we're in a struggle for trying to make a new... <coughs> oh. We have a, we have a, a, a society that's struggling to, uh, 
that's that's struggling to be free and to be liberated, but we can't be liberated by looking at everything from top down. And we see that, you know, and what what everything tells us is that all order, whether you're talking about biological or socioeconomic, is from the ground up. It doesn't mean we can't have faith in whatever we have faith in, whether it be Christianity, Islam, Judaism, or cultural institutions that are relevant to who we are, but that <clears throat> that the material conditions persist despite what we believe. And I think that's really where we're at is that okay. we there's a lot of there's a lot of ideologies that like people wanting to believe that, you know, the COVID that COVID spread because Democrats were in power. You know, the what the conservatives and the far right would say when it's like it doesn't matter what you believe or who you vote for, COVID will come for you. You know what I mean? Well, certainly. And, uh, yeah. Well, so yeah, and, you know, and on the topic of meanness, I think you got to be a little bit more specific. Like, you know, it's kind of like how, like, men in power will call women who speak up yeah. And uh, be assertive for themselves. They'll call they'll, they'll flander them because they're right. being mean or being hurtful. And I think we need to contextualize what we mean by meanness. You very, know, very very when, good point. Very good point. You know, when we have people who are like the whole thing with you know Israel and Palestine. You know, it's like they want people want to talk about how awful the Hamas attack was, and it was awful. Don't get me wrong, but. But people forget that there is 50 years of brutal, deadly occupation of the territory, you know, that, that began with the Nakba, which would, which would put the Hamas attack to shame, looking at it from a historical perspective. But then... <clears throat> so, so you know... You've been, and, okay, Santiago, there, you've, been, you've thrown a lot on the plate here, and it's, a, it's difficult to, to process. If I could... Su suggest that one of the things I, I, I'm gleaning um, from, from what you're saying is in terms of we need to um, you began by to talking about how, the, how we analyze our current circumstances and that we have to shift, we have to do some shifting in, in terms of ideolog ideological foundation and formation and uh, that's a lot of work that we have to do and uh, well, it is a lot of work we have to do, but we have to understand that as a people, as a society, we're not starting from zero. We're starting from negative 30 because we've had 70 years of <clears throat> a government and uh, <clears throat> a system that tells us that anything that is slated to help our fellow man with no, with no conditions is considered communism, or anything we don't like is communism, when... The people who say that can't even define it. So we have to be able to we have to be able to get people even on the same page in that regard. So it's you know it's just being patient with people and being you know just it's not going to happen. I mean what I what I desire for the world may not will not will probably not happen in my lifetime. But okay. you know the wise man is the one who plants the tree for the shade that he'll never be able to sit under. You know what I mean? So Certain, certainly. That's uh, where we got to be, too. Okay, well, thank you, Santiago. <laughs> um, drink some water. and. Uh, I'm going to, man. Uh, okay. I, you know, I've had no idea. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you right, so thank much. You, All right, you're listening to KBOO, and talking about being patient, I think Eric has been very patient. Are you still there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing? I'm well. How are you this morning? I'm good. Just on my way to work. So, Great. Uh, on, on the question of meanness, I mean, and really, it's the question of society itself. Mm -hmm. I think when we when we will begin to value education instead of monetize uh, the pursuit mm -hmm. of education, oh. we'll be doing a better job of becoming a stronger society. Wow. Um, I mean, and so this has to do directly with the, with the teacher strike. If, mm. you know, if, if, if we're valuing, valuing what teachers do, then I, I think that, you know, everything should be, there should be a smoother road every day. And we need to make sure that we're, you know, teaching truth, 
not teaching opinion, but teaching truth. Um, we, we, we need, we need to, you know, have an honest history of things to, to so that people can understand where, where we've come from. When, mm-hmm. when, you, when we have, you know, when, when I, I can't believe this, but I mean, there were history, there were history books that called slavery a worker program. And obviously that's not it was, what it was. I mean, and we, we I, I don't think as a society we fully understand the genocide the, uh, of the of the Native Americans. Well, let me let me ask you because you you talk about the importance of education and also highlight how the um, the fact that education itself has become very much part of this this challenge in that we can't even agree on on curricula yes and it it becomes a debate so i'm not you know more than a debate and argument you know school boards meetings are you know battlefields yes very much so and and i mean i don't understand how florida works uh you know considering that the, but the, i mean florida has a, a good bit of diversity there so what is the problem with teaching truth and and I, so I, I do not get where we cannot agree that the holocaust is the holocaust how, how is that how is that still debated today how do we you know ignore the fact that we stole the land how do we ignore the fact that the greatest thing that, or the the biggest thing that Christopher Columbus founded was the Atlantic slave trade, because he never stepped foot in what is America. I mean, we, 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 we need to stop talking about myth and start talking about truth, and mm. we don't. And people get lost in the myth, especially the American myth, which, you know, if, if anyone watches a Western from the 50s, you, you see this ridiculous view of what the West was. You, and, and we, need, we need a lot more truth. Yeah, we, we do. And, 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 and are you telling me that those um, old black and white TV um, Westerns I saw from the 50s and 60s were not accurate? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, let, let's, let's, let's see. How, how many... Uh, you had what one Native American uh, uh, character, maybe one black character, uh, maybe a couple Latino characters if it was set in Arizona, and then all the rest were white people. Right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much uh, for sharing, and maybe we'll 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 actually value education and say that it's okay, and that's the way in which we should go. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. And we, you all listen to KBOO, More Talk Radio, and I'm Cecil, and next we will talk to Harry. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call. Um, I'd like to uh, mention a few topics, and one of the topics I want to bring up is uh, is wages, um, hmm. mostly minimum wage. Um, the last few months, the governor of California signed two bills. The first bill was the minimum wage for uh, fast food workers will raise to $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. And the next one he did was he, he uh, the next thing he did was pass a, a law saying that medical workers will, ha- will have a minimum $25 an hour wage. Of course, things are more expensive in California, but it's just something I haven't um, heard lately. I mean, we, we had a hard time getting um, a $15 an hour minimum wage in this state. I'm just surprised no one has started going off. We need a $25 minimum wage because of inflation. Well, I I think um, I, I think you're you're quite accurate, and related to this um, is is the issue I raised in terms of the increase 
um, activism among workers in many industries, um, which which give rise to um, passing of legislation to 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 raise 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 the minimum wage. So there's a lot of work going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And I would like to uh, uh, also mention that uh, um, for keeping down wages and and unionizing, um, the, the country has changed in that because a good example is Starbucks. And we, when we uh, heard articles, read articles about what the Starbucks company was doing to uh, stop uni- unionization. You kind of think that Biden would have stepped in saying this is wrong. You need to allow these people to unionize. And and they, uh, Biden hasn't said anything. People got fired for starting unions. I think the Labor Department would step in. Um, Biden could have said, look, um, we're going to bring the Department of Justice in on this. The idea that you're doing this, this is against the law, and you might do jail time, and that might, you know, um, stop that. But I was just really surprised because well, let it, me I, I let, let me respond in in part to go back to what I think an earlier caller was talking about in terms of how change is made in terms of it coming up from the bottom, and your observation in terms of the um, the governor of California signing some bills. Um, um, that raise wages, all I think uh, are are the results of the efforts of working people to 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 force uh, management to make changes. It isn't out of certainly I don't think out of the generosity of their hearts, but it's because of 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 the work and the pressure. So you know, if if the national administration isn't doing things that we ought to do that. We need to continue that that pressure, and we see that workers in many fields, um, teachers and um, people working coffee shops and fast food industries and and hospitals, um, in their in their different industries, people are rising up, and those are opportunities where people are saying we have to make change. Hey, Harry, thank you so much. But there's a couple of other calls we need to get to. Um, I okay. appreciate your, your calls and your thoughts. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you so much, Harry. And you are listening to More Talk Radio on KBOO. I am Cecil. And next, we... Oh, did we lose Did we lose Mark yet? No. Uh, Mark. Hi, hi, Cecil. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'd like to make a, several comments, and, and hopefully you'll respond uh, thanks very much for the spirited discussion. I, I agree with Santiago and Eric and Harry. Uh, I, I learned that um, the big three automakers actually spent $5 billion last year in stock buybacks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, ours, ours is a managed, indoctrinated society. And, and information is very skewed. It's very filtered. Now, Noam Chomsky wrote a, a book, Manufactured Consent. I think it would be good if we all uh, uh, reflected upon that or reread it, that there are filters that operate. So uh, we just get uh, maybe the business-oriented or the, the business-friendly mm-hmm. side of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another fact that I, I learned is that um, the th- big three automakers uh, only paid less than 1% of their $46 billion in profits last year to the federal government. That's, that's astounding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, very few people know that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rereading uh, Soren Kierkegaard's Attack on Christendom, which was his last uh, book. He actually wrote uh, 21 books in 14 years, and he only lived 42 years. But, but he, uh, he said, well, he said in, in his book, The Present Age, that our age is not a courageous age, but rather one of advertising and publicity. Uh, and he said that um, 
you know, all, all honor to humanity. New Testament truth is gone. The official Christianity is uh, so remote from the, the, um, the Christianity of Jesus' day as a square is from a circle or as a, a, a desk of drawers is to a dancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very powerful criticism that's almost 200 years ago. Hey, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, win, you win the prize this morning um, by mentioning uh, Kierkegaard, who oh, is a personal favorite of mine who I, I study and uh, as undergrad. But, um, hey, thank you so much, Mark, for your observation. Good, and, thank and, you. And, and reminding us of, of, of Chomsky and manufactured consent. Yes. Okay, thank you so much, and we let's see if Lisa is still on the line. Good morning. Hello. Lisa? Yes, are you there? Yes. 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 Good morning. Um, uh, let me turn down my, my radio. radio. Yes. Um, well, I uh, just I love OPB, but I just switched from them to you. I sent you guys two hundred and fifty bucks, and I'm going to continue to support you oh, for you. two reasons. One. Um, you present the Palestinian, you, know, you know, you have had a Palestinian representative um, uh, and, you know, let them speak their um, uh, viewpoint. Um, whereas on um, NPR, which OPB money goes to, the host became almost hysterical, unprofessional, um, argumentative, and angry. At a very calm, sane, uh, uh, rational, uh, uh, knowledgeable Palestinian uh, representative. And I just wanted to say what Israel has forgotten is that Germany committed the Holocaust. The whole Middle East during the war um, was trampled over by the Allies and the Axis powers. They, they didn't participate in any of it. It was, uh, you know, the both sides used as a battleground, and um, um, before Israel, you know, it wasn't the Jews' fault at all where they were placed. Um, they had no choice. Most of Europe handed over their Jews to Hitler without a peep, and and shiploads of them sailed the Mediterranean and all over the world to America and to England for trying to find refuge and they were turned back at the docks so they had no choice of where they were put um, I, um but the palestinians had no boat either um uh and um uh, i i lost my point because i was thinking mentioning noam chomsky mm-hmm. he said the reason america supports israel is quote they are our arms dealer in the middle east um, before this happened, before Israel was created, there was no such thing as Arab terrorists, and there was no such thing um, as, um, oh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I'm old. I remember all this. <laughs> That's um, okay. Uh, but there's no such thing as, as Arab terrorists. Um, so I just... That's what I wanted to say. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa, and, and, and thank you for um, reminding us of, of the lifting up of the voices of those who voices are often not heard. So thank you yes. so much. Oh, that, that you reminded me. The other reason I'm supporting you is you guys give some time to a representative, representing Native Americans and nobody else does. Okay. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you so much for, for continuing to support KBOO. And you are listening to KBOO. If you want to become a member and follow Lisa example, go to kbkboo.fm slash give and become a member. Let's go to Francis. Francis, good morning. Hi there. Um, ditto to everything Lisa just said. I um think that it is sad that now when people speak up and are anti 
oppression, they're being labeled anti-Semitic, which is really sad because that is the farthest thing from what people who are opposed to this conflict or the bombing actually uh, are speaking about. They have it has nothing to do with Jewish people. It has to do with the war machine that is in effect right now, and. I think the reason people, I'm not sure what the person that wrote the article said about why people are mean, Mm -hmm. are getting meaner. Yes. uh, It's because, and that's why I think it's important for everybody to be as kind as they can to each other, because right now, I think people are mean because they're realizing that they don't count, that they can be another number, just like the 3,000 babies in, um, Gaza are, you know, I, I was dismayed at the fact that our president was questioning whether it was 2,000 or 3,000 babies that had been killed. It doesn't matter. One is too many for this conflict that's going on is about what? What is it about? Right. Some territory or what? What is it about? To the people in uh, Palestine who have been living in an open-air prison for 75 years, it is about just living and surviving. And for the warmongers, I guess it's about dropping more bombs so they can make some more. It's disgusting. But I would like to read you something my brother sent to me. You remember that show called MASH? Yes. Which was quite a statement on war in itself. Which probably couldn't be um, the movie, well, maybe the movie, but certainly the TV show probably couldn't be broadcast these days. But, yes. But this is the conversation between Hawkeye and Father Father Mulcahy. It's very short. Hawkeye says, war isn't hell. War is war. And hell is hell. And of the two, war is a lot worse. And Father Mulcahy says, Mulcahy says, how do you figure that, Hawkeye? Hawkeye said, easy, Father. Tell me who goes to hell. And Father said, sinners, I believe. And Hawkeye said, exactly. There are no innocent bystanders in hell. War is shock full of them. Little kids, cripples, old ladies. In fact, except for some of the brass, almost everybody involved is an innocent bystander. And I think people are getting tired of being innocent bystanders and a number, just a number. Like when there's a mass shooting, how many was there in the hurricane that was very little coverage about in Acapulco? Mm -hmm. How many? How many deaths were there here? How many deaths were there? We're going to fight over or argue about whether there was 3,000 or 4,000 people killed in Gaza. I mean... That's, that makes people mean nothing. Yes. So yeah. I could see why some people might be getting a little bit angry about that. Thank you. Even though they may not even realize it. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, All th- right. Thank you, Francis, and, and also thank you for sharing that quote from Mash. I think that's something we all should just reflect on. Thank you. War yeah. is war. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you're listening to More Talk Radio on your community radio station, KBOO-FM. I am Cecil Prescott, and up next is Dave. Good morning, Dave. Uh, Good morning, Cecil. Um, I kind of want to revert back to uh, the the union and uh, wage increases, etc. Yes. And I'd like to get a little bit of uh, thought from you and maybe some other folks. there's kind of a, a, a lost crowd in this whole denomination. I'm, I'm 73, I'm on a fixed income, and as everything rises around us cost-wise and everything, uh, our, our end of it doesn't go up. And I, I think part of that is um, a reason for there is a lot of homelessness and stuff with people because once you're on that fixed income, you just can't break out of that, and there's really no one out there rallying for those out there that are in the situation that I am. Uh, uh, so I just kind of like to leave it there and maybe have some thoughts tossed around about that issue. 
Sure. Um, thank you for raising that and, and just talking about, you know, um, who's often left out of the conversation. So um, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, yes. You know, and and, and I totally agree with the, uh, you know, with, with – with the, the wage increase and getting more equal fare mm-hmm. pay, et cetera, and back. But I just feel there's a, uh, there's a lot of people being left out there in the, in the, uh, in the cold, so to say. Right. Right. Which is a reminder that, um, and I think I can't recall right now, you know, it's Monday morning and I'm just getting a slow start, but someone reminded us in, in terms of, um, you know, we need to look out for one another and who's left behind and who's not at the table. So thank you for lifting up those voices, um, Dave. Right. All right. I appreciate your time very much and all the good work you're doing and uh, the great folks that are calling in with logical thoughts. All right. Well, you have a a pleasant day. Okay. Take care and stay safe, my friend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye. And let's go to Wade. Wade, good morning. Um, I wanted to mention about MASH. Uh, Francis was talking about it. Yes, it is. And you said it may not be on air. It was, and I've been watching it for years. First of all, it's a movie or a TV show about war that is completely anti-war. Mm-hmm. And it's great because... Um, they take things like our jargon in the military, like, nothing's too good for the troops or the men. And Hawkeye goes, yeah, that's why they get so little of it. <laughs> they don't say everything is just perfect for the men. Nothing is too good. Well, what if you... Okay, but here's the thing. About three weeks ago, they took it off, and now it's Andy of Mayberry. Well, see, well, yeah, my point was that it probably couldn't be um, produced today because of, of its really anti-war... Message? Oh, sure, not produced, but um, it was at the time. And so, but all I'm saying is, but just since this thing started, oh, they took okay. it off. So it it was being broadcast on a, and they took it. Yeah, off. I'll, yeah, I won't mention it, but it's like the oldies TV right. station. If you well, will. you know, um, um, Mayberry is much nicer. <laughs> well, yeah, but look at that. Even that yeah. that show came out in what the six, late sixties, and, and when there was Carolina. a lot of unrest, and so they show this really homespun, super nice guy. I used to love to watch it, but now I know I in, in North Carolina in the sixties, and I think I saw one black person in that town one time. But okay, maybe <laughs> all right. Well, I'm saying I think it was a way to like whitewash all the police brutality that was happening on campuses and everywhere else. And certainly, okay, thank but you. peace. But, I, no, I think you're quite accurate in terms of your your uh, perception of of the purpose of those television shows. So yeah, yeah. okay. Well, thank anyway, you, thank you, and oh. peace in Palestine and all of us get it. I don't want to say I won't see it in my lifetime. If I don't have that much hope, okay, no, I no. may not. But I have to believe. I have to think we will. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope so. Let's peace. hope. If not peace, in our lifetime. For, I never say goodbye. I just say peace. It's a great sign-off, okay? All right, peace. Peace. And finally, let's speak with Wade. Good morning, Wade. Oh, Joan, I'm sorry. I wrote down. Oh, hi. Wade. No, that was okay. Wade. No, I, you're Joan. Okay, Joan. Yeah, hi. Just wanted to make a comment, quick one, because you were talking about meanness. Why are people so mean? Yeah. So there's a sort of, well, there is a set of instructions that was given a long time ago, which is don't do unto other people which you would not want to have done to yourself. Now, it's pretty simple, pretty simple. straightforward. So what's, and, um, what's wrong with us? Why don't we follow that I maximum? don't know. Oh. It, co- it goes all across the board. Homeless yeah. people, wages, war, nastiness, everything, Internet. If you don't want it done to yourself, don't, don't do, do it, it to somebody else. Right. That's it. All right. Thank you for Thank that you. pearl of wisdom. And it wasn't mine. I said a long time ago. Thanks, Cecil. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you, Joan. Thank you. Um, yes, it was said many years ago in many traditions 
uh, many religions, many cultures in terms of how we treat one another. Um, do not harm, do not harm someone. Um, do be nice to one another, be good to one another. Um, do what you want others do unto you. Lots of things, lots of lessons which we don't have because we don't have civics in schools and we don't have more formation. But uh, that's how we began our program this morning. Um, you have been listening to More Talk Radio, and we have one final call um, here in one, one second. I want to remind you to appreciate all of you who continue to support KBOO. Um, go to KBOOFN slash give and become a member. And um, let's hear this, this quote from Wade. Well, it's from Helen Reddy, and you've all heard there's two kinds of people in the world, da-da-da-da-da-da. I've noticed most of the people that say that a lot are in the taker crowd, but they don't. But anyway, she said there are two kinds of people in the world, those that have had it rough and think everybody should have it that rough, and those that have had it rough and think nobody should have it that tough. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting all these... Pearls of wisdom this day. We, ah. we should have. I should have wrote them down. And and you know what? You remember those old. Okay, you remember those old books of aphorism. You know. You know yeah. sayings and yeah. Helen Reddy include that and you know. It's just perfect. And um. Oh, and by the way, I thank the guy for mentioning Kierkegaard. I've always loved that name, and I've only probably heard a couple things about him, but. I'm going to definitely get into this because I'm basically way... I spent 40 years in a cult I call the Lutheran Church. Every week they want you to say, I am by nature sinful and unclean. What do you think you're going to end up or down with? But let, let, me, let me give you this, this interesting fact about Kierkegaard. He was Danish, so you know the state church was lutheran and he rebelled against the state church and and that form of of christianity so yeah mm-hmm. look into Kier- kierkegaard lots of things he he's written um fear and trembling goes on and on okay well thank yeah. you so much oh by the way and this word atheist um it's it's really atheist as in apolitical not theist okay it, and i think they believe in something i think they believe in themselves that's another conversation. Thank you so much, and, uh, and thank you for joining us. What do you believe in? Oh, gosh, yeah, atheist, or a, well, whatever. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for more, um, for more programming here on your community radio station. Stay tuned for the Omo Variety Hour if you're listening live. If not, you know, we'll see you sometime soon.
You are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming online at kboo.fm. Prison Pipeline is a radio program dedicated to educating the public about the Oregon criminal justice system. Topics include incarceration and reentry, addictions and mental health, elections and laws, victims' rights, and criminal justice reform. The program presents a unique understanding of the criminal justice system, addresses the root causes of crime, and challenges the status quo. It seeks to promote awareness and activism in order to foster a safer, healthier, and more just society. Prison Pipeline airs on Monday evenings from 6.30 to 7 p.m. on KBOO Portland. Check us out every week. If you miss an episode, you can stream it later. Just go to kboo.fm slash prison pipeline. More info about upcoming shows and events related to the